0: Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Sports Communities Doing Sport Differently podcast series. My name's Steve Palace. I'm your host and I'm the founder and CEO of Sports Community. Today we'll hear from the wonderful Marion Butler. Marion is the Women's Baseball Coordinator at the Alfredton Baseball Club in Ballarat, Victoria. Marion was instrumental in developing and delivering Alfredton's hugely successful girls at bat program and her story and that of the club is really fascinating but for us really insightful and gives us lots of tips and lots of clues how we can introduce new programs into our clubs. Hosted by the club the girls at bat program is designed to provide a welcoming safe environment to introduce girls and women to the sport of baseball The four-week program, which was launched in February 2020, incorporates a socially modified version of baseball for women ages 16 and upwards. The program was a joint venture between Baseball Australia, Alfredton Baseball Club, Vic Health, and the local council, or Ballarat City Council in this case. It's a great example that highlights the fact that there are a lot of people out there who can help our clubs achieve their goals, no matter what their goals are. So often volunteers feel like they're alone, and that's simply not the case. We need to know that there is a lot of support available out there. So take the time to reach out to your local sports association, state sports body, your local council, tell them what you're seeking to do and see how they can help you and your club. Before we go into the interview with Marion, I just, as I always do, would like to acknowledge our wonderful partnership with Vic Health and how grateful we, we we are for the opportunity to share the stories and successes of sports clubs and organizations around Australia who are doing sport differently. Each episode, we look at doing sport differently principles and today's and how they can be successfully introduced and used in sports clubs. I love Marion's story, how she got involved with the Alberton Baseball Club, what made Girls at bat so successful, and how she was, and the club were able to attract so many female participants to the Alfredton Baseball Club. Undoubtedly, there's something in today's episode for every club and every sport. As I normally do, I'll share my key takeaways at the end of the, end of the interview, but for now, let's dive straight into my chat with Marion Butler from the Elberton Baseball Club.
1: Oh, thanks, Steve. It's it's a bit of fun to be here. And, um, you know, I've listened to some of your conversations with other people in Victoria, and it's lovely to hear what they have to say about their sport and how enthusiastic they are.
0: Well, I, I, I think I'm I'm the luckiest person to be honest that I just get to ask the questions and and hear the stories and and this one's captured a little bit of attention just before we came on on uh, on air. I got an email or no, I got a, a Facebook message from growing growing her game. So in Adelaide, who says I'm really looking forward to this. We're trying to grow the numbers of our girls' baseball program over here in Adelaide. So, so yeah, so it's. It, it's a topic that's really interesting to everybody. Now, what's fascinating to me was the club didn't start this program. What's the background to the girls at bat that led to the program being run at, at the Alfredton um, Baseball Club in in Ballarat?
1: All right. Well, first of all, I have to say that I've only been involved with Alfredton Baseball Club for a short while, but it's been great. So. They decided, and they've been going, um, the president's been there for 30 years, so the fellas decided they really wanted to do something for women's sport. Mm -hmm. They wanted to encourage a women's sport, a team there, and then see what that would bring, whether that would bring a small competition in Ballarat, whether that would go to Geelong or something. But first of all, they wanted to encourage some women to come and try baseball. And at the same time, the Ballarat City Council and I think Sports Victoria were funding it as well, were providing funds for, for sporting bodies in Ballarat to, um, provide some, some support or encouragement with, uh, women's sport. So that's where it
0: started. Well and that, and that the that, that funding from the government came via Big Health and so just just for those Victorian clubs at the moment that are watching uh there's some Big Health Big Health grants open uh, at the moment reimagining uh sports. so so check out the the those grants that are open right now on the Big Health website so and it's so it would be interesting to know what came first the chicken or the egg but you you personally decided I I uh, and I have gone through this experience, I need to become more active. And so you kind of sort the club out. Is that, is
1: that actually correct? I did. It was chance, absolutely chance. I got hold of, I looked around and I found um, Alfredton Baseball Club, and I must say that their website led me there. Some websites weren't active or there were no contact numbers or things. I did try a few different places. So by chance I contacted Alfredton Baseball Club, the president, uh, Greg Quayle answered the phone and I had no idea who I was speaking to. And I just said to him, have you got any women's baseball club teams? And there's silence on the other end of the phone. He said, I can't believe you've asked me that because we're just applying for funding and we really, really are interested in anyone that wants to play baseball try, come and try baseball. And we're not sure how we'll do it or what we'll do. And then he said, we think we'll start on the 14th of February if you want to turn up then for the day. And I said, oh, no, I won't be part of it. So (laughs) We started last year about September, about a year ago, I guess, September, October, somewhere around there. We had a few meetings and the funding went through thanks to the really efficient um, people at the Alfredton Baseball Club and their enthusiasm in general and lots of talking and then Thinking about t-shirts and a team, thinking maybe we could get four people to come along. So the funding was for four Sunday come and try days. We we had it on Sunday, but four come and try days, a couple of hours each day. And we just, the club had some, um, secondhand gloves and a few things. And I suggested bits and pieces like banners, t-shirts and. Show bags with sun cream and lollies and band aids and stuff just fun
0: stuff and things like that oh there's that there's that word that comes up all the time fun, but before we go into the program itself i don't I, I actually genuinely don't want to skip over your point about website contact details and the accuracy etc because in in extensive research that's done on sports participation, believe it or not, one of the major barriers. Is people can't get in contact with the clubs, and I agree. they don't know what the clubs are actually offering. So,
1: yeah.
0: websites is—it sounds so trivial and it sounds so incidental. And even the phone number that you said—you were almost surprised when the president answered the phone. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah,
1: Leave um that you know you—you you don't have to have an IT guru in your club. No, you have you can. Get a free website with one page and you can type in the relevant details and a lovely welcome statement. And if you can manage to put a pop a pick up there, well, well and good. And that's enough. At least it gives any, anyone in, you know, in the area, they can find you and you can go from there. So it's really useful. It's a very simple thing to do and it's worth doing
0: it just needs to be accurate yeah and it doesn't need to be the bells and whistles and we, yeah. we teach this in our training all the time but it makes so much sense if you want participation most people are actually going to google not social media so they're still going to google website website up to date contact for so that yeah. that's one of the major steps in participation so i have put, put my my long-term hobby horse aside so i really appreciate you I
1: said, I, just before you go though, i think probably a lot of people are using uh, a Facebook or something like that as well. So if you've got the basic website and some people like to have a conversation about their club, then they probably are going to take it to Facebook and people can find that there as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's the second step, getting your people to talk about what are their participation options. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so you rang the president, the 30 year old, sorry, the 30 year president. I'm surprised he didn't ask you to be the uh, vice president in waiting, ready to go. But uh, and you said, "Can you help me with this program?" So, how did it go from you phone calling to being? And if I just bring up a, a newspaper article as we're we're speaking, how did it go from being you making a phone call to um, to to a program that's attracted kind of twenty plus women? Uh, over over a number of weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, it was well. You know, every, I guess the thing is, if you have a few people who are really keen, really really keen, and everyone does their little bit, you've got this monumental effect. And you don't you don't have to go out and do everything if everyone's really keen. The, uh, Rick Trezise is the coach of the Alpherton Baseball and he had offered to help and I don't suppose anyone thought it was going to be as big as it was and a few of the young fellows who had never coached before had said that they might hang around we're all thinking you know four five maybe six people might turn up and we just so we just kept, um, building on that We thought, so, well you know we, we want to have food we want to have all the bits and pieces that go with making up a team we want t-shirts and uh we want to think of the program that we'll have if it's a come and try situation then we want to have um you know if you want someone to try something you're not going to go into the specific detail of how to hold a ball too much or how you've got to run bases too much what you want to do is give an overall of Making it safe and successful to be able to throw and catch a ball. Making it safe and successful to be able to hit a ball. And, and making sure that it's moving quickly enough that everyone has to go. Everyone is participating and everyone realizes that it doesn't matter how good or bad they are. And to tell you, we had, we had people come in the end now from, uh, 17 to 48. Not including, because I, I up the average quite a long shot.
0: So oh, I was thinking you were around the 17. So oh, the, yeah. the activities on the day. So did the club coach run those for for the participants? And is the is the girls at bat program a a baseball Australia program that the coaches just kind of rolled out for for the the, the and come I, and try program? We,
1: we did our due diligence. We asked you know baseball Australia and baseball Victoria. And we got a little bit of support, but probably looking back, that's something that could be changed. There is a rollout, a package to hand out. We were not able, I wasn't able to find that information. But having the enthusiasm and thinking about the basics and and being mindful of of the, the ages, but also of the physical capability, people that have never played sport before, a couple of those came along. I mean that is enormously brave. that's
0: just yeah it bra and, and I guess that's another theme coming through, and we'll come back to the the one that you started before, which was fun um but th- the understanding for people like myself, and I say this regularly through the doing sport differently series, people like myself that have grown up in sports clubs, just don't recognize that. Someone coming into a new sporting club for the first time, second time, third time, that they've never played, never experienced, don't know the people, don't even know where to walk, don't know where to go. There is a huge level of bravery and courage required. So we need to make that step as easy as possible.
1: Yeah. And along the way, we, we acknowledge that. We acknowledge that the, the capabilities of everyone, that they are so different and how great and and fantastic they were ever coming along. And we we just uh and everyone that was helping the, the Rick Trezise, the coach and Greg Quayle, the president, and the young guys that were helping to coach, everyone was acknowledging this is a come and try. You're just so welcome. That just that's what they kept saying, and making it obvious to all the women that were there. And we went from um I don't know, there were six or seven to start with, oh, no, more than that turned up. But at the end, it was 24. And they were saying, we want to play this year. <laughs> we don't want to wait till next year. We want to play this year. Do you think Geelong will take us? So we had lined up um, some people in Geelong to have a little competition with and then COVID shut everything down. But to jump forward, we have applied for and got funding for a women's team for 2021.
0: Fantastic.
1: fantastic it's really
0: fantastic. Amazing. It, it is, it is amazing isn't it to go from a club that's never had a women's team to very quickly and it just shows that there's so, so much pent up demand for sport and if we make it accessible then yes. then there's lots I of people
1: th- i think there's timing there's absolute timing to support women in sport and that uh, maybe we've been all shut in, but it's not just that it's it's I don't know it's an enlightenment that hey i can go i can go and try that and i don't have to stay with that i can go and try that and that and that and then i'll and and anyone that makes me welcome i'll go and try it
0: i I think i think that's the key isn't it that that you you make you've got to create an environment where people feel part of that they they belong straight away their social connectedness they're having having fun so Again, going back to the program, so you were expecting four to six, so your expectations weren't weren't great. <laughs> how did you um, How did you promote the program into into the Ballarat region? Like, in-
1: so a lot of people helped. I've concentrated on you know making doing the things that I knew I could do. You know, make sure that the the information for the people that were actually showing interest, we had the contact details and all of that making banners and balloons and show bags and sun cream and t-shirts and enthusing everyone else that wanted to help just saying this is this is going to be great we're all having fun and there's just a surprise on everyone's faces they just kept walking around going look what we've done look at this look at these people coming
0: so um, how did you promote it then <laughs> Like, oh, hello. Sorry. hello. I no,
1: no, 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 it's all important. I just, I, I just keep going backwards. Facebook, which I didn't do, um, because I was busy. I, I believe, you know, if you put your hand up for something, you don't have to do everything. But if you concentrate really well in what you're doing and you're abusing everyone by doing that and they're talking, you know, with a meeting, someone will put their hand up and say, would well, they do Facebook? We'll make some leaflets. I made some leaflets um, and we'll drop those. We did have an idea that we'd go to the unis and see if all the young students might like to get up a team and COVID, of course, stop that. So that was a really good idea as well. Yeah. But we went to the schools um, and we advertised, we've got some advertising and support from the local radio stations and the television station and the local, um, the council have got a website promoting different things as well so you know the whole mix as much as anyone knew somebody or you know ask someone what they did could could they just mention this baseball and what's happening and that it was a, a a fun come and try day it's four weeks and it's a lot of fun and hey give it a go so yeah
0: I think your point, again, There's so much wisdom coming out of this discussion, but your point about just because you've been allocated the role or the task or the program doesn't mean to say that you have to do that burden by yourself. So kind of your, your working group and you said you had a meeting, how many people were involved in, in, in really getting the program up? Because I'm assuming it wasn't insignificant. Look, there was um,
1: the treasurer. Secretary Treasurer, the President, um and uh, the brilliant um Robert who applied for all the um funding and and I can't think of what his title is actually. Sorry, sorry Robert. Um the as I said, the president, the the coach and the the couple of senior players who would put their hands up to help. And they it was pretty
0: casual and neat, <laughs> that but that and again, it doesn't need that formality. But that's six or seven people, and I think that that shouldn't be underestimated because six or seven people gives you the firepower. You know, the coach can look at the the sporting side and getting the programs right, and then the, you've got the off-field activity and the off-field fun. But the marketing, when you re, when you reel off what you did, flyers, websites, social media, um. Even getting onto the radio, uh, is, and and also linking into the council uh, communication, the councils have always got pushing community programs, yes, pushing, communicating community yeah. programs to their community. I mean that that's significant amount of marketing that you are able to do. Oh,
1: definitely, and look, all of these people have um, you know in their own fields, they've worked in communication and talking with people and. And, you know, just the way that all these people are involved with, um, uh, their, sorry, I've, someone's just arrived, they're um, the baseball club itself and the, the amount of effort they've put in. I mean, these people, it's my club now, but these people had built this little clubhouse that was really efficient and, and sturdy and everything else, and they hadn't got, They've never asked for funding until they did for these women. So that's the sort of enthusiasm that you find. If you find a club that's got so many people enthused and funding themselves by all means, that really tells you, saying, oh, you know, this didn't land here from the moon and and grow up overnight. All these people put in over the last 30 years and they've built this club. And they never... Applied for anything
0: until now, so yeah, fantastic. The other interesting thing that you said is you just said it, it, you went from ringing up and saying, "Hey, do you have a program?" to very much, "This is your club. Um, this is my home. This is where I, where I belong." And one of the one of the um, the, the the things we're trying to convince volunteers to. <laughs> to Sorry. No, no, you're right. The beauties of live TV. Can you
1: can't be quiet?
0: There yeah, we're live on air. <laughs> Sorry. No. One of the one of the things that we we, we really try and convince long term committee members and volunteers is when people come into the club, we've actually got to create ways for them to be contributing straight away to the success of the club because Absolutely. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the only way you feel like you belong to something, which we're we're programmed to do, we want to belong to things. Yes. The only way to truly belong is to feel like you're actually contributing to it. So
1: oh, I, I agree. You know, if you if you go to a club and you can you see the presidents and the treasurer and, and the hierarchy up there and they don't want they they say hello, but the they're not actually coming to say welcome. Or we really want you. It, it's more. It's a privilege for you to come in our door. That's yeah. not. The past.
0: And even defending the hierarchical presidents a little bit, where they they often feel like that they don't want to burden new people, or they don't, or, yeah. or people don't just have the time or whatever to help. But the reality is, when we unravel that, for whatever the motivation, when we unravel that, people are just shocked at the level of people's willingness to contribute, not realising that the more they contribute, the more they get back, you know, from the, from the process. Yeah,
1: and I think, too, it's easy to overlook. Um, it's easy to overlook when someone comes to the door, they have got, if they're 30, they've got 30 years' experience of some sort. Yes. They may well have something that you're looking for. And that, again, is what the President, Greg Quayle, said to me. He said, you never know who's going to come in the door and what they might want to offer and and what they can do or who they know. He said he's just respectful of that. And I thought, yes, I agree. I think
0: that's- Which then is how you get on the radio, you get into the council communications, you get into and you take it from zero to 25, create a great experience and then not only that, You've got them coming back next year, not only wanting to learn the sport and fit and healthy and all those reasons that may might have come, social, okay. etc. They now want to participate in a competition team. Yes, I'm, that's ex, that's an extraordinary um, success. I, I think it's brilliant. Was and that was the end goal, wasn't it, to create a, a competitive women's team?
1: Yes, but also, um, to extend that. So hopefully then, because there's, it's, a, it's a bit disappointing and surprising that there's not enough women's teams. I, I couldn't find a lot of other women's teams of other sports that I'd be willing or capable of trying in Ballarat at this point. So possibly this is a turnkey time of, of, perfect timing for women in Ballarat who are putting their hands up and saying, we really want to play something. Are you offering something? We really want to play and participate in something.
0: And I think that's why your story and the story of the club more broadly is so important to hear, everyone to hear, that there is – there is. Why, why would you create participation options for women? And, and I'm going to ask about the fact that it wasn't aimed at juniors in just a moment, but why would you create participation options for women? A, because they want to play. It's not just a new thing that women want to play sport. They've always wanted to play sport. It just feels like we've just found out about it. So there's a huge opportunity to grow membership. But then when we create an inclusive environment where there's participation opportunities for all of us in the community, it just creates better, stronger, more social, cohesive, more enjoyable clubs to be part of.
1: Absolutely, and there's plenty of people, women, who come along to watch someone that they know, a friend, partner, uh, old son, or something, who who play baseball, and they they're watching. So they've got a little bit of knowledge that they don't realise they have, and yeah. if they were welcomed to have a senior team. And you're mentioning about junior teams. That I think is a separate thing. And I yep. think that come as well. But if you're going to focus on women's teams, focus on them and make that an offering. You can't have, you know, you can't have a junior team popping up a few older women. You need, you need this to be a se- senior women playing. And if people want to play, you know, in their forties and fifties and thirties and twenties, let them be in one team and play. And I, that's why I wouldn't recommend this sort of team playing as a mixed because baseball does have mixed teams where women fit in with the players. They fill in because that's where people are hurt. And if you're just learning and just picking up a sport, you don't want to be in that situation. It's great for women who already know how to play and love playing as mixed teams. But I think for women... You want to provide the level playing field they can have a go and it really enjoy themselves well
0: it's just that very next step isn't it learn the sport and then you know dip your toe into the competitive side yeah. and like that and, and and grow and create that that pathway that's that's um that's yeah absolutely fantastic but it's also it also bucks the traditional trend of clubs uh, looking to introduce women's sport, it, and typically they will look to bring juniors on first, and then as the juniors come through, grow them into seniors. Where you've just gone the other way, and you said, "Well, hold on, there's there's enough women out there that want to be playing and participating, and let's create the opportunity straight up for them, and then we'll worry about everything else later." Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you've you've, you've proven that. So if you would, if if you were going to give some advice to to those that are starting and again it could be baseball could be softball could be any any um female sport <laughs> yeah, which have you have you've been involved in over the journey um what would be your advice when you're starting from you know, zero because you were the phone call just contact
1: somebody find a you know a contact number and make a phone call and come along and and try something try anything try all sorts of different sports You'll find, you know, I think, um, across the world, like I've been involved with the world masters games. Yep. But, um, God, you know, I was a young person compared to some of the people competing there in, in, in team sports as well as the individual sports. And it, you just get so excited. Yeah. It was yeah. Just, um, such a fun thing to do, to be part of. And why not? Why can't you be have this exciting challenge that's that's not you know it's not important to anyone else and just go and do it on your own bat and have a great time?
0: Well, that's what I I I take as the most inspiring thing out of this conversation. Of many inspiring pieces of information, was often clubs are waiting. You know, they they, they pushed the responsibility for the peak body to create a program and create the activity. You know, th- this wasn't even predominantly, yes, the club, you know, it was the meeting of two great minds, if you like. A club had decided that we want to go down this path, but you had decided that you wanted to find a place. And so yeah. you, there, there is a. For the sake of this discussion, we'll say, you know, it's individually driven. Like it wasn't the club being driven. Now, that's, that's in fact not entirely true. But if you hadn't have found the club, I'm sure that you would have convinced one club to go down this path to create that, that option. So, uh, you know, I think, I think that's a, a great lesson that, that we don't have to wait for the peak bodies. We don't have to wait for the clubs. It just takes one person to really champion the cause, for want of better terminology.
1: Well, I, I think that's true, and I think that goes back to what Fred Quayle said. The president, when he was chatting to me about how he just got so excited about any new person coming into the club, because it was just exciting to think what could they do, what would they like to do, what can they do, what's their history, what have they already done, and he said, I can see him. He'd go over to each person and ask them about what they did and what they liked, and you know, just about them, and he just. Had this huge smile on his face, really excited, very interested. And he made it his business. I could see him. He just asked everybody, which was very inclusive.
0: And it's people like that that make clubs just a wonderful place that they are. And we mm-hmm. stayed there for years and spent hours of our lives there. So. Yes. Mary, in, in summarizing, and I, I do that I do this every every session, um I'll just bring it up. Uh is kind of link link the discussion to oops, let me just add it to the stream, to the doing sport differently principles. So uh there's a couple here that are really, really, really relevant. Um and you were talking about, you know, thinking about the participants. So you were talking about they might not have even Played the sport, different levels of fitness, different levels of skill, and and you really took that, and the coaching team took that into into um, into a, into account, and then these back end ones, creating a really clear pathway for retention and transition. So, yes. creating a great environment. So not only did they come back each week, but I'm assuming they either brought people or told people about it, and that's how it grew. grew. <laughs> That's very
1: true. That's very true. And, um, you know, just, I mean, I, I was participating in the coaching as well and just, just hitting the ball to people and watching how they've, they're watching everyone else and they're listening to the fellas because they want to, they want to be there. Yeah. And, and just the lovely camaraderie of fully strangers because they're terribly excited about being there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and that, that, that becomes from the, co- the, the, the social connection that you created and, and you clearly brought people together. They got to know each other socially and personally. As you're saying, yeah. the president's finding out the stories and probably telling the stories. Um, you're taking them slowly, building their confidence, which is a really important thing about the skill side of the game, and then creating the next step. And that kind of talks into this principle number six: best practice you know deliverably and and, and ensuring there's a long-term sustainable program, both when the funding runs out and and you're talking you've created a, a really passionate group of or, 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 a really passionate group of women have been um, brought together that now want to go and compete, and so that's that's the mm-hmm. ultimate that um, sustainability. Thank you.
1: And in the interim, we also have a few ideas of of some social games because the feathers are training and everything that some of their home games, and they have home and away games, so some of the home games, the women, if if we can't get a competition straight away, we can have a fortnightly actual game before the men's game or something where they can have family there and people... There's a barbecue and all those sorts of things, very social. Uh, um, just have a go of, you know, getting enough people to play to play a game, like two teams. Yeah. I think that that would be a very welcoming, fun thing to do over the summer as well as soon as we can, which is good.
0: Fantastic. And I'm just seeing a couple of uh, people comment. So, Michael, uh, welcome to you and Benjamin. A uh, really great advice here. I'm definitely going to look at creating a fun come and try program for our club. Look forward to the next podcast, team. Thank you very much, Benjamin. Uh, the next uh next few weeks are just uh, as today as you have made today, Marion. It, it's just been, you know, really valuable piece of knowledge in the in your story today. So and and to the 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 Alberton um. A baseball club fantastic uh fantastic girls at bat program and introduction and so uh, i i'd love to thank you for for sharing the story and being part of uh, of our sports community uh live stream today
1: Steve thank you. I enjoyed myself and i I when i 'm talking about things that I love I get a little excited. I apologize for that but but I enjoyed talking about uh, you know, how things evolve and and all you need is a few excited people. Yeah, everyone's got that experience. They just get expanded because they're, they're looking towards contributing to what they're doing. So it's really exciting. Uh,
0: and, and this is why in community sports club, when, when people can let go and share the journey a little bit, things can happen so quickly because we just get little groups, one goal, and people get excited about that and becomes infectious and then the re- results just snowball really, really fast, isn't it? Yeah. So
1: it's silly to think that I sat up till midnight one night making bunting, and the president said, "What's bunting?"
0: <laughs>
1: it, it's not so, silly
0: at oh, all. It's it's,
1: it's hand painted it, sign saying "Welcome" oh, for this for the Sunday get together. So that was all good fun.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Bianca's, thank you so much for yours as well. Thanks for a great session. It's been wonderful to, to hear about your success for women's baseball program, Marion. I look forward to seeing the growth of this program for your club and people tagging people in. So, um, Marion, that only happens when it's a great story, a great, and a great club and, and, uh, congratulations for you for finding your club and your niche and mm-hmm. create, driving and being part of the driving of such a great program at your club. Well, thank you, Steve. Well, I hope you really enjoyed learning about Marion and Elfreton Baseball Club's journey as much as I did. From my perspective, the Girls of Bat is such a wonderful example and demonstration of the untapped potential in female participations for so many clubs around the country. For so long, we've made the assumption that because a group of people, in this case, women and girls, are not participating in our club, in our sport, we've assumed that's because they didn't want to. But the Girls at Bat program has proven that if we create a program that overcomes the barriers, then, then build it and generally, they will come. The success of the program should give hope to other clubs seeking to expand their participation options and, specifically in this case, that it is possible to attract girls and women to their club, no matter what your sport is. What shot out for me during the interview was the groundswell of interest and the appetite to participate in sport from women in the Ballarat area. From six or seven participants initially, the program grew to 24 simply through word of mouth in the space of four short weeks, right? People were willing to talk about the program because they had such a great experience and they wanted to share it with their friends. Without question, many women and girls want to play sport. The challenge is creating the opportunity to participate that isn't daunting or scary for those that have never participated in your sport before, or it's been a long time since they did participate. For non-participants, and we hear this every single um, podcast interview, for non-participants, the gap between never having played a sport before to being playing organised sport, the gap between never playing an organised sport often appears too great with too many barriers to overcome. The Marion and the Elberton, Elfridton baseball club, the missing ingredient was an introductory and social format, which allowed women to learn the game and give it a go in a really fun environment. Now this format was developed by Baseball Australia. So the club didn't have to create the format They just had to use what had been created. As we've heard from so many of the researchers, such as Dr. Erica Randall and Dr. Rochelle Imey, who have been guests on the Doing Sport Differently podcast series, for most adults, fun isn't about necessarily competing and winning. It's more driven by socialising, developing your skills and enjoying interactions with other people. So, it's through this lens then that sports clubs need to consider their participation options, particularly for those new participants. Again, as we say each week, that's not to say you shouldn't have competitive sporting options, but it's about recognizing the need for social participation options and introductory formats to complement those competitive options that your club offers. In reality, Those social participation and introductory formats form the base or the start of the pathway into those competitive formats. We call this social sport. Social sport, less structured than traditional sport, fewer rules, more flexibility. It's greater emphasis, fun, interaction and enjoyment. So peak sporting bodies around the company of country have invested a lot of time developing new social formats. But so often volunteers at clubs just simply don't know they exist. So have a look. Go back to your association, state, national bodies, whether it's have a look at their websites, talk to their local representatives, give them a call, check out what their different formats and resources that they have already created Ready for clubs to use and bring more people to their sport. One of the coolest outcomes that I saw at the uh, of the girls at bat program was the fact that Alfred Alfredton Baseball Club were able to form a women's team to compete in the Geelong Baseball Association off the back of their four week program. So introductory sport give a great sense. A great environment for people to learn the sport, gain the confidence. And then a group of people will most likely transition into their competitive side. But not everybody. Some are just going to be happy to stay at that social side, social introductory stage. There are many benefits for clubs to consider doing sport differently. But as we've seen through this webinar and podcast series, Generally speaking, when clubs do introduce different social, non-competitive, introductory formats that seek to bring new audiences to their club, generally speaking, what we see time and time and time again are that they attract larger, more diverse audiences, provide opportunities for people at different stages of their lives, increase the number of participants, volunteers and administrators at their club improve their club's visibility within their local community and set themselves up to be a lot more sustainable than simply offering the competitive sport options. Our doing sport differently requires rethinking where and how sport is delivered, but it's really worth the effort as Marion and the Alfredton Baseball Club have shown by, by introducing those programs. If you're seeking to introduce and attract more female participants, then check out the opportunities and the options that your sport offers. Right, that's it for this session, this podcast. But before I go, I'd just like to say, as I do every week, if you'd like to hear more great examples of what clubs are doing differently and how they're attracting more people to their club, then go back and listen to the episodes, the previous episodes and the future episodes of the Doing Sport Differently podcast series. As I also say every week, if you are a club volunteer or you know a club volunteer that needs help, then please look at our website, www.sportscommunity.com.au, which contains nearly a thousand pages of information all designed to make it easier for community sports club volunteers and of course I just really would like to thank the sports community members it's only with your help and support that we're able to produce all of these great resource r- resources for community sports club volunteers so to our sports community members I say thank you thank you thank you So check out our website if you're not a member, sportscommunity.com.au. Click on the membership tabs and we'd love for you to become a member and help us to continue to make it easier for people at community sports clubs. Until next time, I'm Steve Pallas. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being part of our sports community.